0: weird sorry about this everyone we're dealing with a little bit of technical difficulties and there it is i just got it we are now live on youtube as well welcome everybody to the making awesome podcast season 2 episode 51 and it would not be a podcast if we didn't have some random weird technical issue in the beginning the streaming software's like yeah you're totally streaming but youtube's like no 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 you're not and uh, ultimately the one that matters is YouTube. We are hanging out today with Miss Sarah Gerkey, and we're going to be talking all about workforce development and team building. There's a lot to this, and this kind of goes with our focus of the business episodes recently. We talked about how to start your business, talking about going from a hobby to the business, then some general marketing and ranting, because that's what happens when Grant has solo episodes. But now we have an expert on kind of developing the teams and workforce development, which includes kind of everything under the sun. Sarah, introduce yourselves. Give us the Backstreet Boys, the who you are, the where you're from, the what you did, and as long as you love me.
1: Oh, Grant, that just makes you larger than life, doesn't that? I think it does. <laughs> Fun fact first concert I ever went to, 11 years old. That's true, boys. Very nice. I would 100% go again. Yeah. Uh, anyway, hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us. I'm really happy to be back here with Grant on this excellent podcast. I think we're going to have a good time today. Oh, yeah. I'm Sarah Gurky and I talk too much. Just kidding. I think I talk just enough.
0: That's um, my problem. I'm the one that talks too <laughs> much. We both can't be that person. <laughs>
1: Well, I like to listen, Grant. I'm a listener, so I'll listen, and then you know, maybe offer a little bit of feedback here and there. But I'm Sarah Gurkey. I've been in additive manufacturing since 2014. I'm currently a free agent. By the way, any hiring companies watching? Let's talk. I'm also on the board of directors at Women in 3D Printing. Have been since it was formed as a 501c3 nonprofit in 2018. And I'm our head of DEI, that's Diversity, Equity, and Inclusion. I'm also on the Board of Advisors at the Editive Manufacturing Coalition uh, since just earlier this year. I, most recently, was employed with Nexit3D as their Senior Director of Strategic Communications and Ecosystems. And unfortunately, uh, just a couple of weeks ago, I was caught in a round of layoffs because business is business. And that's what happens sometimes. So hence the free agenting. I do still have my own independent editorial services company called Additive Integrity LLC. So I may be reopening those services Uh, through that. I've worked with more than 24 companies throughout the industry since 2018, which has been super fun, honestly. OEMs, material companies, service providers, you name it, Uh, hardware, software, Everybody from Siemens to Big Rep to Shapeways, Proto Labs. Um, I'm going to stop naming them because I will forget somebody. And all of my clients were incredible and wonderful to learn from. So I may be open to some contract work again, hoping to land some more full time though, because I love what a 3D printing company can do. And after having spent, oh gosh, what was it, six, seven years on the media side of the industry? Wow. Uh, at 3dprint.com, at Fabaloo, working with other publications, including Forbes, including all 3DP, 3DBPM. I love the opportunity now to get inside the industry. And I think that is where I'm having fun and watching what people do for technology. Like Grant, you know this about me. I'm not technical. I'm not an engineer.
0: I'm... Iffy at math you're 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 under you're you're underplaying yourself right i'm not an engineer no. either but no, <laughs> no one needs to know that
1: um i have i'm so not an engineer my bachelor's degrees are in english and theater focus on creative writing and stage directing respectively so that's kind of where i came into this industry which is out of nowhere um Shockingly, both majors and my Spanish minor have helped significantly in establishing a home in additive manufacturing. But um, what I love about the industry is you don't have to come at it conventionally. And I think so few of us have. This industry is so young and growing and vital that there is a home for everyone. And I completely believe that. Right. From theater degree to DEI work, you could see that, like, I... Heartily believe there's a place in this industry for everyone. Um, so what I'm really excited about today too is seeing people come up, you know, in the live chat right now. So you know, filament stories is saying hello, Grant and Sarah. So hi, um, we've got the chat up. I'm really excited to see what people say, what people want to learn about, and with a huge focus in DEI and workforce development, uh, especially since really 2020. 2021 um, and of course, into 2022 and going forward, I'm so driven by the stories of this industry and the people who make it. So that's really where I see the growth is from the people. So how do we develop that workforce? How can a company invest in its people? And what? why is that important? Um, I think we all know there is more to this company than just making a product
0: that works right right well and, and even more to it as well when you look at what the last couple of years have taught employers right previous to 2020 a lot of employers are very much you need to be on ground you need to be in your office in your cubicle from 8 to 5 p.m and if you would like to take a lunch that's okay but otherwise you better have your happy ass at your desk working. And now it's turned into, wait, we don't have to afford the big fancy building anymore. You can work from home. Okay, I'm listening. I'm listening. But then it's like, oh, well, we're going to track all the movements you make. And then the staff get really good by, oh, if I just use a mouse jiggler. It says I'm online all the time, and it's really not a big deal. I can go and do other things if my work is already done. They don't have to pretend like they're working. They have a program to do it for them because ultimately, I know all of our staff find it considerably easier to do work from home. And that's brought a certain different dynamic to this perspective where you don't have those one on one communications anymore, where you're able to, I guess, really see the person right you kind of only see like mid chest up at best on video calls uh and my favorite thing to do on uh interviews is say do you mind standing up for me because i know they're just wearing gym shorts uh, you know with a button down and it's just fun they're like um i said it's fine it i I do it as a joke because i'm totally fine with it um and as Dave Randolph says, uh, the beatings will continue until morale improves. Gotta love it. Mr. David Randolph of uh, uh, Printed Solid over there. Great filament. Love their materials. Um, but yeah, it, 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 that dynamic has kind of shifted a little bit where people do like working from home. And of course, some jobs pretty much can't do it, right? Um, but when we're looking at what DEI looks like and how the development of that team works... Working from home means I don't necessarily have to look in my, you know, greater 30-mile radius. Although, for me, most of that 30-mile radius is the ocean. Um, But, you know, the greater 30-mile radius around me to find people, I can look anywhere that I want.
1: It opens up such a huge talent pool and... um... I think it's so interesting right now, honestly, to see the growth and see how normalized working remotely is becoming, because I have been remote my entire time in this industry since 2014, and I'm a rare egg for that. Um, It was accidental, my uh, entry into the industry, and we've talked about that before, and anyone who's interested in, you know, more of that perspective. It's a story I've told a lot of times. It's easy to find, and I'm happy to share a link. But I used to, I was on the media side at that point, right? Mm -hmm. When I came in, I used to always say things like, oh, you know, I'll be in my office again, da da da, or this or that. But I always felt like I needed to play it pretty close to the best. You know, that my office is down the hall from my kitchen, is down the hall from the rest of my house. And you know I wouldn't say like oh I'll be back at home on this day so let's connect then it would always be I'll be back to my office and I still say that because like this is my office and at the same time this office is directly under my toddler's nursery his bedroom and so sometimes I'll be on a call and there someone's like oh is that thunder it's like no I uh Yes, it's
0: thunder. (laughs) Three-year-old. It's it's thunder. Um, I I say the shop.
1: His name is George. (laughs) But you know, now I don't need to pretend, and I, I wasn't pretending. I would just say I'm in my office, and people would expect accept that, and you know, expect that what it meant was I was in an office with the rest of my team. Right. But my team was always in Florida or New York or Winnipeg in Canada or here or there or everywhere right um well i'm here in cleveland ohio the capital of the world at least rock and roll everyone always laughs everyone always laughs when i say that whatever grant i've never been
0: i don't know (laughs) anything about it
1: okay come up i'll show you the sites we'll go to the rock and roll hall of fame and it's good stuff
0: let's go 3d scan and 3d print something for the rock and roll hall of fame let's make it happen we can do it because then we can write off the trip (laughs)
1: <laughs> we can do it. also family plug two of my uh in-laws are directors at the rock and roll hall of fame and have worked there for well over a decade and they're utterly brilliant and in fact they're doing a spot on Sirius XM this week so listen to John Gerkey and Risa Gerkey for their insights into inductees in the rock and roll hall of fame um they're brilliant and they have I love this industry but let's be real John and Lisa have probably the coolest jobs in the universe
0: I, I made that statement as a joke, <laughs> not knowing that connection. So that's that that's actually pretty hilarious. Um Dave Randall says, I like remote when it works best for the job. I just got a new hire that can't leave his house but does a great job. And it's a hire I would miss out on without remote. And yeah, that's a great point. Um for me, obviously, those that don't know, I have a bad back, two herniated discs, and for quite a bit. I did not leave because I couldn't. Now I just don't leave because I don't want to. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) um, And remote work was a requirement because there really wasn't an easy way to travel. So uh, there is some benefit to that as well. It opens you up to people that you wouldn't get otherwise. Um, So before we get too deep into it, let's kind of define... What we what we think of when we think of a startup business versus a big business or a medium sized business, and then let's also look at defining what workforce development is at its core.
1: Yeah, I think those are all really good points, and ah, oh, they're so big. They're so big, grand. Those are big, big topics. Um, so I think one of the ways that people like to draw kind of a false equivalency or um maybe just an incorrect definition is by size of startup. Um, Cause often people will be like, Oh, a startup. So that means under a hundred employees or da da da. But it really, it's like by how long it's been out there. Some startups are huge and other companies have 30 employees, but they've been around for decades yeah. and that's the team they need. Like having 10,000 employees works if, your GE, if you're Siemens, if you're these companies mm-hmm. that need that global pre- that global presence and really like have a lot of roles to fill and sandboxes to play in. Right. But size, small size does not inherently equal startup, right? Mm-hmm. And established player does not inherently mean tens or hundreds of thousands of people the world over. So we have to look at size, but then we also have to look at growth and scale and establishment and, you know, those really fun things like investment, like whether they've gone public, whether it was an IPO or a SPAC, whether it's all of these other fun acronyms we can get into. And every company's growth trajectory, I feel like it should be really obvious, uh, is unique. Yep. And in business, it seems so much more straightforward than um. I was going to say real life, but business is pretty real. So uh, then personal life, you know, because in personal life, you're like, oh, everyone has their path. Everyone has their journey. But so does every business. And, you know, a startup shouldn't be saying in 10 years, we'll have 10,000 people unless that's really where they can do it. So a phrase I heard today, and I'm actually going to pull up WhatsApp just to make sure I get it right. I learned that this morning that this is a phrase that's common in italian and i love it i love it so much always careful about not making the step longer than the leg i thought that was so brilliant when talking about sustainable growth for a company right
0: yeah because if the steps longer than the leg you're gonna fall i had never heard that before and
1: i love it It immediately hits you immediately know what they mean and i'm sure it's a lot harder hitting and more poignant in the original Italian but even translated to English like you know what they mean you know what they're saying and the company i heard that about is one that has seen beautifully sustainable growth they've never gone too big too fast they've never gone too hard too fast they and that's why they're scaling so so beautifully and so successfully and why they're drawing investors, why they're drawing customers, why they're drawing attention. It's because they don't promise more than they can deliver, which I think we can all agree has been an issue in 3D printing over the last decades. Like it's not a new thing. It's not one company. It's not one conversation. It's not one media article.
0: Yeah, no, I I can go pull a half dozen articles in 30 seconds that easily. are companies that so you know uh, overpromise and under Uh Dave Randolph is saying, "I consider any startup, I consider a startup any business that the CEO <laughs> still takes out the garbage to the dumpster." Um and, and you know, I don't have a dumpster, um but I still take it out to the curb. Uh
1: <laughs> You know, what? I would just consider that any good business.
0: Yeah, I there, there's that um you know th- those business support messages that you see you know the memes and you know there's the one that's that's the guy sitting on the chair being carried by his staff and then there's the one that's up front saying hey we got this let's go and and i think that that is a pretty big shift but what i think it's missing is a, a big factor that a lot of small businesses seem to miss early on in the, in the startup phase is the working on versus working in Your business. There is nothing wrong with being the last person out of the shop, taking the trash out on your way out. But if that is one of your daily duties and it takes up time during your workday, might be time to look at delegating that. Um, but ultimately it, it 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 does come down to like what is the best value of your time. A a startup to me is where the business is effectively a person. And it has a few different personalities and it's trying to figure out what it is and it's taking its different medicines, different whatever, until it finds its stride. And a business plan normally is that prescription list of what that looks like. And you start refining it, refining it, refining it until, you know, you've got that one go. And that's when you look at either launching, getting venture capital, angel money, whatever it might be to get to that next level. Does that th- does that kind of track with your understanding as well?
1: I can see it.
0: Convoluted and course.
1: and I inherently hate any mention of businesses people
0: it's very because
1: possible. there is that American mindset and that fact that an LLC or an Inc or a corp has the same personhood as a person in the United States and obviously you know we're we're. Going to go ahead and not dig into politics right now. Um, it's a good move. But personhood is an issue, and leaving aside everything else out there right now about personhood, um, a company is not a person. <laughs> and it's fair. when we leave it just at that and look at that, you know, we see companies afforded the same rights and legal protections as a person and that is a very different discussion than we're having right now um and i have feelings with a capital f about (laughs) that and we can talk about that later um
0: that's an off stream
1: but like that's like let's talk about that at a networking happy hour like that that that's happy hour chat but now in what is the middle of my afternoon and yours, since we're actually in the same time zone, uh, which is, for me, still rare in this industry. So happy 2.20 p.m. Eastern Time. Um, you know, that that's one that we'll put aside. So the personalities of a company, I do see as a real thing. But the consider a business as a person just, like, strikes the wrong chord for me, just on an empathetic level. Yep. Yep. So because we do still need to recognize that business is business and there's so much room within business for the people. And if you don't take care of your workforce, your business will fail. It will
0: Taking and care of those that take care put of it you. that way.
1: But the people who you're taking care of need to be taking care of you and that's business. And so like there's the hashtag family where the AM is capital and that is my world. Those are my people. I love okay. it. I see the face. I recognize that's, it. That, that's and that's like use, such a terrible I know. I, it is. And I love it. And I've used it. So I'm there with it and it has saved me so much. The past two weeks have been hard for me, you know, yeah. like this is the first time I've ever been laid off, but I do feel like that family with the capital AM, you know, has been there and it's, easing this transition for me. It's making it better and making me confident that I have my future in this industry. And business isn't family. Business is business. Like when that relationship does not benefit both parties, it's not a relationship anymore. And that's where you get employees choosing to leave. Mm -hmm. That's where you get layoffs. That's where you get terminations. That's where you get any number of things. And it's just when that relationship is not a duality anymore, for whatever reason, whether it's different paths or deciding like, I want to open a hot dog stand that no longer aligns with my role in AM, so bye. You know, sometimes it's that, sometimes it's like we've had to strategically eliminate your goal um, to align with our new focus for moving forward, or whether it's like I've decided to pursue my next role, my next raise, my next um, different focus in the industry or outside the industry, or I've been doing communications in AM, now I want to do communications in electric guitars. You know, there are so many reasons. Right. And for those reasons, like that's not why you would choose to leave your own family, blood or chosen, but this is business. And it can be easy, like when you get so locked into these humanity of workforce conversations to forget that it's a two-way street. What you do for your company needs to make sense for them and it needs to serve you.
0: Yes, absolutely. Um,
1: so that is like something I want to lay as a very clear foundation, you know, for this conversation. Like we are talking business mm-hmm. development.
0: Yes, yeah, It. When we look at the you were talking about the duality earlier, where it does need to be very much a give and take, because if it's a take, take, take or a give, 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 one party will not be happy. And that will cause that that leave. And whether that is, you know, the the employee goes and finds work elsewhere or the business decides to whatever it might be, um, that doesn't work but there is kind of a key problem. And maybe this is because the duality doesn't exist a ton is that there is a known thing in basically any industry that if you want to make more money, you need to change jobs every 18 to 24 months. Um, and you know, it, it it's kind of sad, but as a business owner, I do kind of understand it, right? Because at some point, I can only pay my staff a certain amount. They're going to stay because they like the work they do. And we give them bonuses when we can. But I am certainly not paying top tier rates because I'm not a top tier company that can pay top tier rates, right? We do good work. But where well, I would come back to that is
1: where does hiring a new employee fit into that pricing scheme, that compensation scheme versus an employee getting a raise? because if you're bringing someone in at 20% more than you're paying a current employee, you have some reflecting to do. Absolutely. That's why people jump, you know? And yes, like there is absolutely that ceiling reality of there's only so far in that uh, earning structure and that hierarchy you can go. Yep. Um, So from the business owner's perspective, I absolutely understand, you know, there's a cap, but if you have an engineer who's been with you since, you know, pretty early in their career and they've gone from a 50 K starting salary. And, you know, the next year they were at 60 and then 75. And then this year you're giving them a raise to 90, but then, um, at that same level, you're bringing in a new engineer at 110.
0: Oh, they're gonna be pretty pissed. Yeah.
1: They're gonna, and there's still this culture of not discussing salaries, which in the United States is illegal. Um, any, company that tells you not to discuss salaries that is not legal um, per US law. So that is something like also a lot of people don't know. So it's very easy to not know what your colleagues make, your direct coworkers and counterparts, because there's this culture of not talking about salaries and that's uncomfortable. But a lot of times I walk up to people, I'm like, hey, let's have that conversation we're not supposed to have, like, what are you making? What do you want to be making? And then there are times to examine that. And is it a thing through being an internal hire and promotion um, thing? Is there bias in their gender bias? There is significant bias still within the world. Obviously women earn 77 cents to the man's dollar uh, for the most part. And um, Maddie Pryor with my Women in 3D Printing DEI team recently did a diversity for AM report um, building on SJ Jones and Alex Kingsbury's type talk from January, 2022 about salary discrepancies and gender equity and pay equity in particular within AM. Um, So that is a huge thing. Are you hiring people of different gender identities at different salaries for the same work? Um, That's something employers need to be examining and for that we need to be able to have more open conversations and more bald conversations. And they're uncomfortable because societally-
0: They're very uncomfortable.
1: To make them uncomfortable. So many other societies don't see them as uncomfortable. They're just like, oh, I do this job, it pays this much. And okay. But weirdly, like in US culture, it's very uncomfortable to discuss pay rates. I did that on my own personal Facebook page with my own friends. And I just asked an open-ended question a while back, like, what do you consider a good salary for your role for your job for your industry and the results I got were so interesting to me because obviously not a lot of people respond it because it's uncomfortable but like from I'm based in Cleveland so progressive insurance is headquartered near here yep. and so I have several friends who work there and they were just like you know this is what the career progression looks like or I have a a few people a few from this industry on my Facebook and so they responded and that was really interesting for me because those are my colleagues you know across the industry and just seeing how people responded and how comfortable they were and how much hemming and hawing was in a written response on social media that they don't even know I'm talking about on a podcast a year after I asked that on a private status you know
0: it's a lot easier, right? When, when you can just type out a response because then all those little like nuance keys of, oh, I'm really uncomfortable about this. No, I make this much send um, it, and this is what I do. That is so much easier than getting on the phone and talking about it or talking to even someone at your company because everybody is afraid that they're going to end up Either not getting the raise they want, right? We're we're always afraid to ask for raises because we're afraid if we ask for too much, they're going to can us and they'll bring in someone who's half your age and you know is fresh out of college. And i I was afraid of that. I was afraid of that at the at the job that I was working when when What's I got like, into. How,
1: how old are you saying I am right now? Like ouch.
0: I, I was saying you as not you specifically, but as you as the the, the listeners, and the viewers. So sorry. <laughs>
1: You are my age. I hope I wouldn't be in college unless I was a super genius. So in which case, go, go gadget alternate universe me.
0: Hey, look, if, if they're half my age and they've graduated college, they should, they should make more money than me. Most people should make more money than me. Actually, everybody <laughs> should make more money than me because uh, I don't pay myself. <laughs> but hey, that's, the, that's the thing when you're the business owner, right? You're the last one to get paid. And if you're the first person to get paid, you don't have a business, you you, i don't know what you have but it's not a business um and business owners are always the last ones to get paid and you should always be looking at how can this money benefit the company before it benefits me and if you need the money to survive take it right but if you actively need money to survive and you're looking to start a business you better not quit your day job because you're gonna have a problem um and then when you look at trying to build that team for me it was always challenging Eventually, we just kind of said, F it, we're going for it. But it is relinquishing that control and saying, my world is what I know. It are the, it's these machines. It's the scale that sits under my desk. It's the tape gun that sits on the other side of me. It's the 2D printer that I constantly yell at. Um, I, I, it is those things. But as soon as I bring somebody else in, yeah, they may not care as much as I do about it. And they shouldn't, because they're not being paid to. And how how as an employer or a, as a startup can someone get past that problem of they're not a copy of you? And I have a copy of me, and my copy of me could not do my job. i have identical twin for those that don't know. <laughs> I don't know, like
1: my copy of me is just the small person that I made and he's a uh, kind of useless in the workforce right now. Like let's be real about that. Like, you can
0: put him in social media posts. Like my cat's my director of marketing.
1: <laughs> yeah, okay. Your cat is an excellent director of marketing though, especially because your cat happens to have a stand in double.
0: Yes. And it is all taken up by a current project. So there, there is no, <laughs> I can grab the stunt double. It's a bit of a reach, but I can grab the stunt double.
1: (laughs) I think you should. While we also say, hi, Eric.
0: Hey, Eric. chat, seeing you. For the stunt double. (laughs) Here, does that make it all feel good now? I do feel
1: better. I felt like something was missing from our conversation. And now that there's an angry green Pusheen looking at me, like the world's a little bit more okay. Okay. My dog is still outside my office door right now because he left when I refreshed my beverage. And... uh, didn't come back in and now he wants back in and it's hard to be dandelion
0: i understand when but anyway good workforce yep
1: that was all i had workforce
0: there's so much more to it than that though
1: (laughs) significantly more we need to talk you know about startup and large company we need to talk about scaling up sustainably we need to talk about bringing your whole self to work, about working remotely versus hybrid, versus full in office. We need to talk about um, making companies, like companies that make their employees feel comfortable bringing their whole selves to work. It's very, it's really only recently I've started wearing short sleeves to events because I may or may not be like pretty decently tattooed.
0: The tattoos are actually pretty cool.
1: Um, Actually, dude, they're super cool. Thanks for noticing. (laughs)
0: I, I only ever saw them on the first podcast And then the headshot you sent me I'm like, oh damn the, You deliberately put that the feather tattoo And they're like, that's really good That's quality ink
1: That is also my newest one And the artist was incredible She was gorgeous She did my last two tattoos uh, Which were both within the last year And I hadn't otherwise had a tattoo since 2015 When I got three dragons on my honeymoon
0: So when are you going to get a 3D printer tattoo? Oh, man. Oh, well, I guess that's assuming you don't already have one. Okay. <laughs> don't ask, don't tell. I understand.
1: You know Dragons, yes. Sherlock, yes. Uh, the Evenstar, yes. A little bit of Harry Potter, a little bit of Sherlock, a whole lot of TARDIS, mm-hmm. yes. But a 3D printer? Mm-hmm.
0: No, doesn't do it. You sure you don't want like a, like a, like a a DMLS printer on your arm or something like a laser hitting powder metal. That's the problem with having worked with every technology
1: in the industry. Like, which one do you pick? How do you possibly choose a favorite child in all of these technologies and all of these manufacturers? Or like, what if I, what if I settle on software grant? Like, what if that's where my world is? Like, do I get. A CAD diagram
0: that—I
1: mean, frankly, that would be a real
0: like a cat. SolidWorks tattoo, <laughs> or Fusion I mean, Three Sixty, or Inventor.
1: Also, Gosh. let's be real. Have you seen disso Systems North America? Their Twitter account has gone full SAS? and I am
0: here for it. Hopefully, it doesn't go as far as Radio Shack's Twitter because that—that—that that, that is a little far for me.
1: I haven't followed theirs, but big fan of Wendy's. Yeah. Yeah. So if they if they sass, like, according to Wendy's, but bring the CAD CAM world into it, like, I'm here for it. But, like, you know what? Full-on kudos to Disso Systems North America Twitter account. Like, that sass, chef's
0: kiss. Do be careful, though, if you are looking at saying, well, we could get in on, on having a sassy Twitter. Make sure it's not cringy. There's a big difference between, you know, having a snarky comment and just being an asshole. And it's a very fine line.
1: It's not even that fine. Like, just look at it. It's like, is this funny? Or am I being really mean to somebody for no reason? Like, the thing we all need to look at, like, I love snark. I love sass. I'm here for it. I um, I get along especially well with Brits because I've been told they have a very British sense of humor, quite dry, quite droll, um, you name it. But um Never punch down with your humor, I think, is the thing that if we look at, you know, the sassy Twitter accounts and all that, never, ever punch down. It is so not classy and right. it is mean and it is mean-spirited. Um, punching up, I think there's always things, you know, we can laugh at, but like laughing at ourselves appropriately and um, in an aware way you know instead of like oh, what a dumb head you know like that that's not funny that ultimately makes other people trust you less like oh if you think you're dumb why would I want to trust you so there there's a very fine line to walk like and a very intelligent awareness required to sass appropriately especially on social media and I think anyone will agree social media is a very distinctive tool set. And it's one like, I like how much age do I want to give away here? How much do we want to talk about that? But like, Facebook was, Facebook started when I was in college and I couldn't join for a while because my college was very small. And it became a university a year or two after I graduated, but it was a college still when I went there. And I could not join Facebook um, because Miss Kingham was not in the first wave of yep. uh, colleges to be accepted to the Facebook. It also was not in the second or third wave. Um, so it, it, it was a while.
0: Boy, um, how the mighty have fallen there, huh?
1: And, yeah, not like anyone can have it. like, am I behind not signing my almost three-year-old up for Facebook?
0: That would be but, against their terms of service.
1: Yeah, but you can apparently set one up for them so they can log in when they're 18 or 15 or 13 or whatever oh, they that age. Weird. I don't know.
0: That that's weird. It is.
1: Um, it,
0: it Just is. It, it see if anyway, you say SaaS enough, I, you're going to end up in the software side of it because I I'm I'm like how can I make <laughs> a SaaS joke here? She's saying SAS a lot. If SaaS for those who don't know is also software as a service, which is what Dassault Systems is. It's what Autodesk is. it is now. <laughs> It's what Pixel Logic did when they sold to some company. Now ZBrush is a pay per month, and oh yeah, everybody loves SaaS except the users.
1: I'm dying for
0: sassy sass. <laughs> oh, you want sassy sass? I had uh, this. I had someone uh, trolling me on Instagram. I'm like, why are they trolling me? They're saying, oh, you know, you, you're not doing the scanning properly. And I said, okay, if you think you know what you're doing, email me. It was the CTO of our tech. The company whose scanner I was using. Yeah. Yeah. Our
1: tech are, they have really good technology. They do.
0: And they have very expensive technology and a very Mm -hmm. expensive software. But you know, I, I laugh because he's from Luxembourg. So I don't know if that was like one of those language (laughs) barriers or if that was just him legitimately trolling me, but, uh, Troll Received and uh, Humble Pie Eaten. <laughs> you know, oh hey, I, I, I if you want to talk more, let's talk via email. And it comes from the CTO of tech. I'm like, oh, shit. <laughs> and there were some... Th- I knew I was doing things wrong. It was very clear I was doing things wrong. But they actually offered me a pretty cool training course. Um, so I'm excited to use those techniques in an upcoming video. But nonetheless, yes, there's nothing wrong with being snarky and sassy just be careful there I maybe that's what defines a startup versus a big business startups are sassy from the beginning the big businesses get it because it's trendy
1: <laughs> okay I'm gonna, I'm gonna let my dog in my office because that's he's
0: now you're you're totally fine you can still hear me though right
1: I can okay Andy. cool Come
0: still- there comes that big step when a business has to make that decision to grow their staff. And, uh, when do you believe that what's the right well, way to ask this? Like there there are times Oh, beautiful. See now that that's the star of the show. I'm sorry. Now now I know. You know. Dandelion, my
1: just about 16-year-old dog, and his tartan diaper. Well.
0: It happens. It's
1: my old man puppy, so. Enjoy the uh, diapered floof.
0: All all dogs, all animals need love. Um,
1: Got two cats and the dog, and the dog is the whiniest by
0: far. Makes sense. That 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 tracks is what I'm expecting. <laughs> um, so we this knowing when to hire someone is such a challenge, right? Because a lot of us are saying, "I'll just keep burning the damn candle from both ends," but then it's also how to hire properly right because going to linkedin and saying that oh i have a job opening is a great way to waste about a week of your time if you don't have a proper job listing ask me how i learned that Uh, how did
1: you learn that
0: i did that and it wasted a bunch of my time uh and it was terrible um but i i found you know better ways to interview so i used all that time to learn how to interview better but Um, You know, when does it make sense to start looking at hiring people?
1: I mean, when you can define a role and figure out exactly what you need, right? And a lot of that begins with significant, significant self-reflection, especially for a startup. What can I do? What can I do well? What can I do realistically? Okay. I have a very hard time delegating personally. Yes. As a human person, I have a very difficult time. Um, I think one of the first things my husband knew about me is that I drive. And that's not just in the car, but it is the car. Um, remote controls. Looking at pictures. I have to drive. I have control issues. And as soon as we both realized that and acknowledged it, um, everything got so much easier for us. Um, But that goes with work, too. When I was the editor-in-chief at 3dprint.com, I had so much difficulty giving up any part of it. And it wasn't out of lack of trust. It wasn't out of an abundance of free time on my part. It was just like, I have a process. I know what I'm doing. I know how I want it to be done. I know what I want the product to look like. And therefore, I do it. And so for so long, I was working 15 hour days when I would be at four next because I'd be at the show for eight, nine, 10 hours, the networking events for another three to five hours, uh, send help. I make poor choices and like to talk to people. So I stay for a very long time. And then I would go to my hotel room after that. And before that, and at lunch breaks and in the media room, um, And on my phone, walking between interviews, editing and writing and sending follow-ups and sending more interviews and looking at WordPress for our scheduling for the day and looking at the planning docs and talking to the team. And it took me such a long time to be able to delegate to my second-in-command, who was brilliant. Um, Also plug for Claire Scott, utterly brilliant. She was my second-in-command at 3 dprintcom I've hired her twice. I would hire her. Many more times she's brilliant and she is looking for a role in the industry right now. Excellent writer, brilliant editor, available for Claire, C-L-A-R-E dot, P dot Scott, S-C-O-T-T at gmail.com. Brilliant. Highly recommended.
0: Um, I'd like to point but- out what you just did there because that's, that, that, that's an important thing to note. You, you are also looking for a job, but you just spent the last 30 seconds pimping somebody else. And that, that shows how much you care about those around you. It, that's not something that you find often about people, right? When they, when they need a job, it's all about me, 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 me. How can I find work? Y- you just talked more about how awesome they are. Way more than I think you've talked about how awesome you are. <laughs> I mean, Claire's brilliant. And I
1: would, whenever I'm in a position again, I would hire her in a heartbeat. But anyone who gets to do that before I do... Like, mazel top you're brilliant and you're getting someone utterly exceptional um but i think that's the biggest thing you know that we can do when networking if you look at kristen Mulheron's post yep. posts uh since also being affected by the Nexus 3d layoffs mm-hmm. um the first thing she did when she posted about it was note that she had been made off accept and admit publicly, which is difficult. I think we all know um, that it happened, that it was hard and that it hurt. And immediately, immediately in the same post, follow that up with let's connect people for opportunities. Who else has been affected by this economy? Who is looking for a new position and what companies are hiring? How can I be somebody who brings people together and Kristen is the president of Women in 3D Printing right now. She's exceptional. She is brilliant. She is funny. She is so smart. And she brings this exceptional industry wisdom to everything she does. She's been an AM and is a trained engineer and has been on every side, engineering, marketing, messaging, product development, bringing everything, planning, go-to-market for years now. And,
0: I've had an opportunity She's to speak. The
1: right choice. She's so, so great. Um, and just the best person we could have asked for to become the new president of women in 3d printing early this year, late last year, whenever we did that, um, I think we might've announced it in December 21. Um, Kristen's brilliant. And the first thing she did was use her layoff situation to connect other people. And her more recent post laid out the description so everyone she knows looking for a position with all of the companies she knows with job openings and links to those companies. And so she's immediately serving as this connector. And- That's it, valuable. It, it speaks so highly of her because she's so beautifully networked. And she took this difficult situation and um, is making it valuable to everyone though people looking for jobs and hiring companies alike and saying, like, who matches here? Who is in my network I can bring together? And like, I know I personally have had several conversations in the last two weeks. It's been nearly two weeks since I've been laid off and I've had some heartwarming and amazing conversations and some of incredible, incredible opportunity that I'm very excited about. Yep, And a couple of them, like I had this great chat. I was like, this is an incredible opportunity and I am not the person to execute it. I do not have that experience. And I know someone who does. Would you please like to talk to this person? And- I would love if people did that in interviews. <laughs> I do it all the time. That is- the- I wish it wasn't rare because it's just one of those like, I'm not who you should be talking to for this opening. If you have something that's looking more- you know, on the ecosystem side of the industry or on speaking or on public communication or media relations or building organizational awareness and development, working with women in 3D printing with, with the AM coalition, with uh, the AMGTA, with America makes with these incredible industry organizations. I'm your gal. like, let's talk like you and me, like, also like let's talk sarah3dp at gmail.com grant pointed out i didn't do a plug for myself so sarah with an age 3 dpcom at gmail.com i'm there i'm easy to find on linkedin i'm easy to find on twitter i'm if you spell my name right i'm very easy to find so let's talk but outside of those areas like i am not a sales professional i'm not a mechanical engineer i'm not an electrical engineer i'm not any of these things i'm not a a financial advisor. I'm not an accounting. I'm not this and this and this and this. There's so many more things that I'm not than what I am. And the beauty of working in this industry is that I know people who are those things. And so if you are hiring for these things, I'm like, oh my gosh,
0: you know, you the person,
1: this person,
0: yeah,
1: because like, Some of my former colleagues who have been laid off, some people I know through Women in 3D Printing who are looking around, um, some people who are looking really quietly and some people who are looking very publicly. Like, I would love to connect you to the right person for your opportunity, you know? And um, there's just one more plug I wanna make, you know, while we're here. So, I want to be sure that I get that exactly right. Um, so, Margina Shvavavesh, brilliant marketing professional. Please talk to her. Please find her on LinkedIn. She is incredible and she has that traditional marketing background that, again, I don't. I do not have um, that background. She does. She's brilliant. Uh, She can help get plans together, get all of these things and build on sound. Yes, I've got lots of connections in the UK. What are you looking for? Let's talk. And I know people in the UK, I know recruiters in the UK, companies in the UK have you talked to Aditya Global? Um, talked to Greg Waters. He's an exceptional recruiter, very brilliant, well-networked, very kind. Yeah,
0: talk good, to E3D.
1: Person. E3D, talk to Kensington, the additive. Yep. Um, talk, yes, we have lots of connections in the UK. Reach out to me. Um, seriously, drop me an email, sarah3dp at gmail.com. I'm happy to connect you to the person who's right for your team or to the team that's right for
0: you, the person. Um, if you say UK three times, Allison shows up in the chat. So it's, it's, it's like Beetlejuice, but, you know, it's there she is. She says UK talk. Um, someone who found us, Allison's story is amazing, found us from the original videos I did on cricket has now bought a Prusa, but her entire background was on the uh, like fine powderization of metals. She was effectively working on making metal powder for LPBF metal three D printers.
1: Hold on, I, I I'm like looking up cricket right now. What is this?
0: The 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 the. I don't know what you're The the, the drag knife cutter thing, the hobby knife cutter, vinyl cutter thing. C R I C U T, Cricut, Cricket, oh. yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Now I, we're good. No, that's that's how she found it. Now but she's got like, her okay. own printer. <laughs> yeah. Final okay. cut. Okay. Yeah. You just see, uh, it, th- th- this like, is not descriptive. I'm, I'm aware of it. Okay. <laughs> it didn't help. Um, but I was putting like cricket, the bug or like, you know, the <laughs> cell phone provider, or all of that. But like, as soon as you spelled it, I'm like, Oh, I absolutely know what that is. It's a very good brand. A lot of my friends and hobbyist friends swear by it. It's brilliant. But I had this problem because I'm a word person. Okay. I think we know this. I came into this industry through writing and editing. I'm a word person. I hide it really well. Right. Um, here's my Shakespeare quote. Right. (laughs) Um, I, uh, like a friend of mine called me and it was, my phone was in my car on Bluetooth. Right. And I didn't have his new phone number in my, in my phone. So it rang on my car and I answered it, which is how you can tell it was like a decade ago, because like who answers weird numbers on their phone, right? Um, so it just showed up on my car, like as uh, whatever number, but it was my area code. So I picked up and he was like, hey, Sarah, it's Brian. And I was like, who? He's like, yeah, it's Brian. So ba-da-da. I was like, no, I'm sorry, like, who is this? And he kept saying it's Brian. Hmm. But if you think of the word Brian, and like, picture yourself as a comic book character, right? Like with the thought cloud above your head like the bubble um spell Brian for me
0: yeah b-r-i-a-n b-r-y-a-n
1: so it was Mm b-r-y-a-n and I knew exactly who he was and he was exactly like who I wanted to talk to and like follow up on this chat we'd had recently at the medieval fair where I worked for a decade um so I really wanted to like follow up with him and like chat with him but like all I could think was b-r-i-a-n I I was like I don't know Brian like who is this And I alienated him for apparently forever because unfortunately for me, he's also somebody who deals with agoraphobia and social anxiety and all of these other issues. And so because I didn't um, hear like Brian with a Y, I couldn't figure out who he was. And he thought I was just being a dick. Um, And so I forever wallow in that, even though we've connected since and we're cool. And his knuckles have tattoos that say L on Z um so we have a tattoo of my or we have a photo with my TARDIS tattoo next to his l and together um he, he's very cool um he's a great person and I am just I will wallow in that shame for at least another decade because it has been a genuine decade since this moment happened and I, like I remember the intersection I was driving through And how I couldn't get to Brian with why. Because, like, if you just say Brian out loud, you think B R I A N. And, like, I had him so visualized because, like, I'm such a visual and word learner, I'm not auditory. And so, even though, like, I know this is going to be podcasted, um i'm never listening to her let's be real about that i don't do podcasts i can't listen to them i love speaking on them i can't listen to them i can't do it that's
0: that's that is actually why we chose to do them live so that i don't have to go back and edit it i'm i say screw it i've made so many mistakes on these before i've miscorrectly called uh people's gender identities before and i've absolutely you know i I, i've you know grotesquely apologize for because I felt terrible. I've made so many mistakes, but it's real. And that's more important because I could cut that out if I really wanted to, but you don't come to a podcast to get an edited down version of someone you, you want to go where they're not going to bleep out curse words. It's going to be a real conversation with real people without, you know, me clapping, which is what I do when I need to make a cut when I'm filming. Um, and you don't get the same cadence that, that you get when I film. I you know, I have that specific filming cadence. Um, and the only CTA that I'm going to make is to like the stream, because we have 20 people in here and only five likes. So that that that's the CTA that I'm going to make. Um, okay, I
1: see six likes.
0: You know, hey. But uh, this whole idea of growing a company, it has always terrified me. And I remember the time when it finally proved to me I was doing it right. It was when... We had a st- I had a, uh, a meeting with an engineer and a customer, and right when that occurred, my laser caught fire, and I called him to call and said, "My laser's on fire." and our, our lead engineer's name is Tad. I said, "Tad, can you handle this?" He said, "Yeah, dude, I got this. He's a charismatic engineer, which is incredibly uncommon. I love you, Tad. Uh, I love all of our charismatic engineers. they're amazing people." Um, i love all of our not charismatic engineers too but i love our charismatic engineers because it makes my job so much easier i don't have to they talk to the customer directly it makes my life easy that was the first time i ever kind of let go because i'm like trying not to have it get worse just put the fire out without having to pop a fire extinguisher which i did we're fine but by the time i was done it was like half an hour into the meeting i said i'll let them finish the client happened to also be a very good friend of mine and she called me and said can I just work with him directly from now on? You talk too damn much. Like, I guess so. I guess you can do that. And that was like, I, I, I told that to Tad. He's like, yeah, it was actually really easy. We were done in 15 minutes. I said, God, I booked that for an hour. <laughs> and ever since then, that was when like that, that paradigm shift for me occurred. When I said, okay, I can relinquish this control. And it has been so valuable to me. To not have to make sure that every single time I can kind of talk for the engineers, because I'm not one. I can translate sometimes, but I will get things wrong. Um, DEI has been a big topic. Some businesses are starting to do it because, uh, I don't know, it's the cool thing to do. Some businesses have been doing it for a while. Can you talk about DEI for a bit? It's diversity, equity, inclusion, but... I I don't know like a proper definition. I know what it is at its core, but I don't know a proper definition of DEI.
1: So they, I'm gonna say most user friendly definition is diversity equity diversity equity and inclusion, right? Mm
0: -hmm.
1: So diversity is being invited to the dance. So that's when you bring people of different backgrounds in any sense that that means together. Equity is knowing the songs that are playing. And in my case, that might mean the Macarena, Backstreet Boys, any of that, like just knowing what's happening around you and feeling comfortable and aware. And inclusion is being asked to dance. And so there's something very different that happens when you kind of do this on the sidelines versus someone offering you their hand and saying, will you dance with me? That's being included. And so each of these is wildly important, right? Um, Because if it's not diverse uh, and everyone looks the same, or thinks the same, or more more than that, has been trained to think the same. And we see in AM a lot of startups that come out of people who have literally been trained to think the same, right? Startups that are founded from a garage, from a dorm room. Um, Those are people in the same classes and that is where they're literally being taught the same way this is how you approach a problem, this is step one, two, three, right, like you are being taught the same things in the same way, you're not getting any diversity there, you're getting people you, you know, jive with, you're on the same wavelength as, because like that's what you've been taught, that's where you're comfortable, because that's what you're bringing in, and then when you bring someone in, you learn Backstreet Boys, they learn in sync. Right. Like that could 90, be a
0: turf war, honestly.
1: The nineties are my turf war love language. So like Britney and Christina Backstreet Boys and then things like I love all of them. And so like come at me, bro. But you know, like when you when you actually talk to people who you've been taught backstreet boys, right? You know what it is to be larger than life. But do you know what it is to also come out no strings attached?
0: Yeah. If you bring <laughs> Gosh, that was good. Damn it. You're fine. Come back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is uh that that's very good. Yep. Like, Please tell me you've used that before, because that's a phenomenal line.
1: I haven't, but I'm going to now. Yeah, um, you need
0: to. That's a that's a great so friggin' line.
1: We're at a moment of Genesis here, and also Phil Collins' whole moment, right? So you can go from Genesis to Tarzan.
0: Gosh, here we go.
1: <laughs> My references are all at least 20 to 30 years updated, what you want?
0: As they should be. That's back when music was good.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh,
0: look, I I'm I was raised on Motown, okay, like that's, I, I I love me Motown, um, I love Taylor Swift now, like send help, I do, like I'm listening
1: to Taylor Swift and Little Nas, X, and that's where I am today, some healthy, retain the Evanescence, and cut in the Macarena like every 18th
0: song, that's a lot of Macarena.
1: I need you to understand where I am, Grant.
0: <laughs> so is it it is the amount of Macarena proportional to where you are at in your mental health? Yeah. <laughs>
1: it's been a tough couple of weeks. I have not been uh I, shy about admitting that.
0: But you know what? That to me is what makes you strong, right? <laughs> to be able to admit that you're having a tough time. So many people are afraid. And I, I've said this before. We had so many people asking for, like, a mental health episode, (laughs) and so I brought on a mental health professional, and it is, to this day, the least-watched podcast. We had six people watching it live, and it has less than 500 views.
1: Okay, you know what? We've got 20 people watching right now on YouTube, from what I'm seeing. Mm -hmm. Um, I will say, also, like, my sister gave birth a month ago. My son turned three in November. Postpartum depression is a very real thing that's very under-discussed, and for those of us who should have been diagnosed as being depressive decades ago and weren't until PPD reared its head, that's postpartum depression, um, medication is a literal lifesaver. Don't be afraid of it. It should not, you should not be afraid of it. If you have an infection, I hope you're getting medication to help you come back to normal and to normal being healthy, normal being functional, functional being, you know, on the upswing. And um, that means, um, that means a lot. And thank you for throwing out my email in the chat. People who need it, I started on Soloft when I was about three weeks postpartum, and it helped so significantly. I got off it, but when the pandemic started, um, just a few months after my son was born and I came back to work, I got back on it. I'm still on Soloft right now to this day, and I have no shame about that. Um, in fact, I need to go refill my prescription because they do it 90 days at a time. So I need to go refill that soon. Um, it's just like attending to any physical impact, any, um, illness, any infection, and we don't need to hide behind it or perceive it around it. Like mental health is so important and one of the biggest things I learned because I also breastfed my child for two and a half years which we're not um we're not we're not censoring right Grant yeah that's a fucking journey breastfeeding say whatever you want I don't care um it is hard and you require so much support and I got that through support groups I got that through Zoloft. I got that through overproducing and donating breast milk. I got that through talking to other moms. I got that through an incredibly supportive husband. I got that through the hashtag family, capital A-M. Um, it's so corny,
0: but it works. It does.
1: And now I'm passing that on to my recently postpartum sister uh, with my one-month-old nephew, Sam, Um also, he's a really cute kid. It's really nice to
0: have another nephew. And build on uh, sound is, is talking about medicine as well. Said so they've been prescribed sertraline. Sertraline is similar to Zoloft. They're both SSRIs. Um, the way I've always looked at SSRIs, so that's a selective serotonin reuptake inhibitor. Um, definitely have not been researching all of this lately. Uh, <laughs> but it, it it's basically a compressor. It makes the downs not as bad, and it makes the ups a little bit easier to deal with too because you
1: just found those peaks. So they're just not as sharp up and down when everything's more rounded. It's more doable.
0: And and in an industry where we take in so much content and whether that's on a YouTube channel, watching a (laughs) podcast or, you know, your, your favorite news media, your uh, uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, Reddit, social media is galore. We are bombarded by, unfortunately, not great news all the time. And there is good news out there. Sometimes you just have to look for it. There um, are some
1: really great Twitter feeds, though, that I would like to also plug while we're there, Grant. Do it. Like, um, Goodable is a really delightful uh, Twitter to follow. They only post good news, and it they're often puppies and puppies with... Uh, elderly people and friendships and it's just beautiful and I love it. Um, Microfiction Twitter is also amazing. There's several excellent accounts but there's some really 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 good um, just good news Twitter accounts uh, that I absolutely recommend. Look for the good news feeds and it helps so much. I spend way too much time on Twitter and that's not new.
0: But, I, I mean, that's like, kind of part of your job. What
1: new is spending more time on LinkedIn, sunhelp Sarah3DP at gmail.com. Um, but where I always spend too much time is on Twitter. And, like, 3D printing Twitter is incredible. And it's really, really helpful. Um, I'm looking at a couple of the comments now that are coming in live as well. And, yeah. again, like, just really talk to your doctors like my um my Zola prescription does come through my OBGYN but my primary care physician has also been more than willing to prescribe as is my podiatrist um because I'm at the point in life where I need a podiatrist um
0: it so duff the right bubble. thing I have
1: a toe bubble okay I do I have a toe mm, bubble that's okay
0: I, I I think Duff puts it out there right a proper therapist is so important to figure things out before breaking out the prescription book. I agree. At least Absolutely. kind of understand what's going on. And it, I I've said it once, I'll say it again, every business needs a therapist and whether that's a therapist that, you know, you, you you talk to your staff and say, Hey, if you guys want to seek therapy and you can't afford it, I'll help out. Um, or it's, you know, this is the person that I talk to. If you would like to talk to them as well, you're welcome to, um, you know, I think that's very valuable because working in businesses can be draining both for the business owner and the employees. It
1: it is draining no matter what, like not can be, it is draining. And some people just have the tools innately to approach that drain and others don't. And there's nothing wrong with either way. Um, Talk therapy is beautiful. It's such a great thing. And finding the therapist who really speaks your language. Um, I, I couldn't speak more highly of that, uh, that confluence, you know, that finding that right fit. I never did find that right fit. The last therapist I spoke to judged me and I could feel her judging me. And that was very uncomfortable while I was going through a divorce from a PTSD army veteran um, who is a great person. And the issue was just that we were great people who should not be married to one another. Um, But I could feel her judging me for leaving a situation that wasn't healthy for either of us. So like when we look at DEI too, there are, chosen and unchosen aspects of diversity right like unchosen I'm, I'm white like look at me and glow in the dark like I literally glow in the dark like turn the lights off you will still know exactly where I am it's so bad it's not bad but it, it's telling you know where I am um and so it's bad, like, you know where I am when the lights go off. I'm really easy to find in a laser tag. It's good because, like, my one tattoo artist was like, can I keep tattooing you? Your skin takes color ink beautifully. So, like, we all have our, like, pros and cons for that kind of thing, right? Like, I'm super white. My 23andMe, um, I'm 99.8% white, white, white. Very, very
0: European. I'm a lot more yeah. Cuban than I thought I was, but you wouldn't know because the 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 polish in me is way more (laughs) obvious
1: (laughs) i'm scots irish english polish lithuanian in that order with like 0.1 percent mongol north european and um uh sub-saharan african all of those combined into 0.1 so like useful um so like there are different, but there are different aspects of diversity. Cause the other thing is like, you mentioned having people, having your guests stand up. And I'm going to go ahead and not do that because I am in fact wearing terrible gym shorts. I am.
0: I, 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 um, I, have, I have pants on today. We're good.
1: <laughs> I don't.
0: Uh, hey, I mean. There's no shame, um, right? There's,
1: I, there's I just a, do it. But, good- but the other part is, that what a lot of people don't know, because I have been remote my entire time in this industry. Mm-hmm. And so when people meet me at trade shows, at events, at happy hours, at women and 3D printing events, at wherever we meet people these days, right? Here's the thing that shocks people. I'm six foot one. I'm really tall. And no one expects that of a woman. Like, you're a woman, you're six foot one. Da, And like, I usually like, My webcam is here. It is on top of my monitor. It is intentionally like a little bit higher than I am, but honest to goodness, that's not to make me look shorter. It's because I um, have several extra chins. Um, So thank you, my mom's and my dad's side. I've seen both of their family trees. So I have a lot to do to hide this double chin and that's what the camera angles for. But then people meet me and they're like, "Um, I thought you were short. I am, like, not, look it up there. <laughs> I am not short. I am six foot one. And then also when people see that, they expect that I am trans, which has opened me up to incredible conversations in that community because I am a cishet woman, um, which is a weird place to be. Like also in my group of theater weirdos, like I'm cishet, um, so I was assigned female at birth. I identify as female and I'm heterosexual. So like really boring, married a dude, very Um, But I don't look like what people expect ever. Like in any sense of it, like no one ever expects me to look how I look, even if like, however much you see me on zoom, like no one expects me to see in metric. I don't know, I'm about two meters um slightly under two meters i think is six foot one working on it thank you i think it's 1.89 meters
0: uh yeah it's 1.854 meters
1: i was gonna say 1.85 but it seemed not enough anyway um no one expects me to look the way i look and to have been assigned female at birth and to be heterosexual and to be whatever and like tattooed and everything else that i am and so that's also why like we need to all bring our whole selves to work yep right because it is so much harder for anyone who doesn't look how you expect them to look whether to sign female at birth whether it's being a person of color um my African-American colleagues, my Native American colleagues, my anybody who's not a white colleague, my anyone who's even not from the US, like white but European, white but Canadian, white but, um, there are these expectations we don't even realize we have and that's unconscious bias. And so that's like understanding and Coming to terms with your own unconscious bias, like it, it's difficult. It is a reckoning, right? Like it's a reckoning to accept the biases you hold and you've always held. Like I was, my unconscious biases, like I was born white, I was WASPy, uh, white Anglo-Saxon Protestant, um, middle class, educated like all of these things. And so realizing that that is the lens through which he viewed the world and then realizing how vast the world is. Yep.
0: It's huge. I've learned that in any interview that I do, I introduce myself. I ask them to introduce themselves. And then I ask if they don't tell me, what are your preferred pronouns? Because, and that's something that I have to get used to asking. It's not something that I've never been through it. and Now it's something that's on the forefront because similar to you, born guy, identified as a guy, heterosexual, white dude. Um, and, and that is like and when I forget and I make that mistake and I get corrected, I always feel bad because I understand that if you if you have gone through a transition of some sort or you identify as not what you might immediately appear to be that can be very difficult for someone internally and if you're trying to build a team like that that can be real tough so i've i've even asked our own staff said hey if if you all want to be you know called by another name some sort of different pronoun uh whether it's they them he she it does not matter to me um I want to know because I want to make sure that everybody is as comfortable as possible. The last thing I want people to do is feel anxious at work. Like they can't be themselves and businesses that are very structured say, no, there are two genders and that's it. They're going to attract those types of people. Maybe that's what they're looking for. Now, well, Hey, own your marketing, I guess, but that's not the world that we live in. And Maybe it's because I I went to I went to schools where I never dealt with this, or or if I did, I never noticed it. Maybe because I'm an idiot. This is quite possibly a very valid point. Um, And when I first started building the team, it was never something that I asked, because I never bothered. I figured if someone wanted to be called something different, they'd tell me. No big deal. But now I know it's not that easy they there's many times where people want you to ask that because it makes them feel comfortable to be open and vulnerable and honest and that to me is what builds the camaraderie it builds loyalty is not the right word um but it builds trust mutual trust mutual respect
1: i think that like what you just said right now is the biggest thing is trust that mutual trust Mm -hmm and respect and like as the parent of a toddler like respect is the area that we are really building right now and there's this weird and sincere overlap with parenting a toddler and learning more about workforce development because like my son is so so sweet and he is so, so difficult. And we're in that phase where he knows mama travels on airplanes sometimes. And so almost every day he wakes up and he says, mama, are you going on an airplane today? And I, you know, right now I say, no, baby, I'm not going on an airplane today. I'll be here after school. And I will tell you when I'm on an airplane, but it's not, I don't know when the next airplane mama's going on because I don't know. Um, but he's having a really hard time with me going away, right? And so he has currently the sweetest, most beautiful, most pure means of stalling bedtime, and it is grating on my last nerve and it is melting my last heartstring because for 30 minutes every night mama, I love you. I love you, mama. Mama, I love you. Mama, I love you. Like, it's so sweet. Like, how do you legitimately, how do you ever shut that down? Because I know it's not going to last in 10 years from now, when I have a tween, and an almost teen, And he wants nothing to do with me. Like, I know I, like the thing I'm going to miss most objectively is like, mama, I love you. And every night for 30 minutes, because he doesn't want to go to bed, mama, I love you. And it is the sweetest thing. But then we get up in the morning. He's like, mama, I want something to eat. Take me to the kitchen. And we talk about getting his uh, food and getting this and that. He knows what he's doing. Yogurt versus ice cream, basically. Um, and how do we do that? And so I'm like, baby, I know you love mama. I need you to respect mama. And there's that difference between respect and love. Like love and blind love is what we see in, on Netflix on You, which is the show that I love and I can't wait for season four. And I know they just finished dropping So can't wait um creepy as fuck though like on the, the like it, it, it is the creepy freaking show um I, I love the creepy shows i love them we almost named our son spencer and it, honest to goodness would have been after spencer reed from criminal minds we thought about reed but my husband and i both had speech impediments when we were little so it's going to be spencer not reed but that's where we are he's george um we really thought it was going to be his name and it was after criminal mind. So, um, here's a lot of personal information, deal with it. Um, so we talk about the difference between love and respect. I'm like, baby, I know you love mama, but I need you to show respect to mama. And I need that to be through you cleaning up your toys and eating your food in a bowl with a spoon and not grabbing it with your hand. And that difference between love and respect is huge. And like, you are not three years old yet. He will be three in November. So like, I don't even know if I should call him right now, like two and a half or three or like, I'm not one of those months parents. Like, honestly, I like, I don't know how many months. He's close to three. Close to three.
0: Almost three. It's like two months away.
1: 33 months, 34. I'm so bad at months. I'm not one of the month's parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's almost three, but I'm like, I know you love mama. I need to talk to you about respect and you show your respect to mama by cleaning up your toys and by eating your food without throwing it on mama's bed and he loves throwing food on mama and papa's bed it's really weird 432 weeks
0: I know that zombie hedgehog just looked that up to see how (laughs) old they were in weeks and well that's just the type of group that we have we actually have a we have a kind um, of twitter that I'd like to bring up (laughs) because I I think that's a good one to bring up here Um, it's from Ron I'm not going to be able to say Ron's last name Uh, But Ron says, really interesting chat. I liked your honesty about getting laid off. This is the second time for me, and it still sucks. When you get to a certain age, the calls don't come as often or as quick.
1: Oh, Ron. That's Ron Furmanek, who I worked with recently. That's how I was going to say the name, but I wanted to make sure. (laughs) That is correct. And Ron is exceptional for any companies looking for a channel marketing manager. Ron Furmanek Find him on Twitter. He did respond to this. Um, We can throw that grant in the YouTube chat as well. Um, Second time for me, and it sucks. It does suck. And Ron, I loved working with Ron. Like, he's so brilliant. He really understands the global business of 3D printing. Um, Somebody had chug is also 1,300 weeks old. Good, Good for you. Um, we're working at a personal best for our son. Um, you know what? I'm going to find out. I'm going to find out like how many days old he is. You know what? Like, give me one second. (laughs) Year. I'm
0: going to figure it out. Um, Google makes this like way too easy. November. Age is, is another big thing. Um, I my think child said- is
1: 1021 days old.
0: Oh, you didn't have a 1000 day old celebration. What's wrong with you?
1: I'm a terrible mother.
0: Apparently. Send him
1: all your luck. He's two years, 290 days, including one leap days. In other words, that's 33.55 months. He was born on a Tuesday. That's correct. Last birthday was on a Friday. That's correct. Next will be on a Saturday. Also correct. Good job, Google. That is how old my child is. And it's very hard because his third birthday, my sister's, my half-sister's daughter is playing Annie in Annie. And they got us tickets. And I'm like, that's the day my son turned turns three. How do I go He that? won't
0: remember it if you do it the day before or the day after. He won't know the difference.
1: I know, but it's a Saturday and it's so convenient for the adults.
0: <laughs> so have his party in the in the early day, right? In the early on, and then go see Annie.
1: We're going to probably.
0: We have to figure it out.
1: Um but anyway, like plug for Emma am as Annie in Akron, Ohio.
0: November that
1: the it, it, she's the she's an the actual redhead though. So, so like nice. ginger it. And she's amazing. Like, no, no, Grant. Like, I need you to know about this. Like, my ten-year-old niece, Anna Emma, who's playing Annie. So Emma is writing her own musical. She's writing an in- insane, insanely talented, uh, original musical. At ten years old, she has like ten songs written from it already and twenty-five scenes and like it's good like not as an ant. if i were, if it were just as an ant, like i wouldn't bring it up but like it's really good she's bringing in inspiration from hamilton and from six the musical and from annie and from all these like playwrights and shows and you guys like good story or good writing like the song i've only heard the songs and they are incredible like i've only heard two of them so far and both of them i'm like oh my gosh like i can't explain how good they are so i'm gonna put that link in the chat right now
0: uh you may not be able to Make a comment. I'll make you a moderator, and then you can post links. Because um, if I let people post links, <laughs> we had some problems early on, so we don't do that anymore. Uh,
1: um, uh subscribers only.
0: Am I not subscribed to you? That's a shame. Wow, you've been on. This is now your second podcast, and you're not subscribed. Wow. I don't know
1: which email address I'm signed
0: no <laughs> I have three email addresses. Just D- you DM it to me on Twitter. I'll put it in there for you. Um no, Zombie great. Hedgehog says that teamwork is in, is understanding everyone and what challenges they face. And I would agree. But I think there's an odd caveat here. If your team is not comfortable talking about their challenges, how do you work through that? When you know there there, there are clearly challenges, how do you as a you know a, a, as a boss, manager, business owner, whatever, work to help to understand their problems and and talk with them about them or is it if they don't want to talk about them we ain't gonna talk about them if they want to talk about them then we can talk about them hold on i'm
1: figuring out this chat thing answer your own question i'll be back with you in a minute oh i did that i went off camera
0: yes you did your mic is still on
1: though i did that
0: Okay. Well, you guys tell me uh, because I honestly don't know the answer to it. That's why I asked. (laughs) Ultimately, I do believe that teamwork has some value beyond what people would would think, right? Um, Loyalty is something that a lot of old school businesses call it, and I just don't know a better word, Uh, but having a team that is there for you. Um, We recently had an all-hands-on-deck meeting, and I had like six of the 13 or 14 people on our team, uh, RSVP, but we had nine show up, which is pretty darn good. And we had Canada, the UK, and the US represented, which was objectively pretty cool to me that we had like, you know, people from all over. And the thing that I found out was for as much as I talk, I don't communicate to them enough. They don't know what's going on in the day to day and because of that they don't know how they can help see they're looking at it from the other perspective they want to help because they want to see this thing grow they want to see it thrive i've never cried in front of my team before but i was like so damn close to crying in front of my team because that made me feel like it it, it proved to me that i was doing something right by hiring these people right They, they clearly care And I said, okay, I will share more with you all, but you all asked for it. So don't come back in six months and tell me I'm sharing too much because y'all just asked for this. So there's a channel in our Discord called Grants Rants where I talk all about what what I'm going through every single day, what the company is going through. Um, And if they want to mute it, they can mute it. So they they can kind of self-moderate how much they want to see. But that has been so valuable to me in building that team. Um, But you know prior to going through all of this i didn't really know a lot of the challenges they went through and i don't know a good way to ask right like how do you ask or do you not i'm not gonna be able to answer my own question i'm asking you again (laughs)
1: like i need to do like
0: dr evil i see okay oh, you're just totally ignoring the question, huh?
1: Yeah, I, I was reading the chat. Oh, okay. Over there. Make some
0: dudes questions coming up next, which is should employees be treated differently based on individual skills or challenges or totally the same as each other, to be completely fair? Because that's a very, very good question. I have Anna, feelings about Anna. that.
1: Anna, okay, I want to know your feelings. I was going to like build that as a bridge into the next question as well, but like, I want to know you have your feelings.
0: Yeah. And this only stems from the past couple of years of dealing with a disability is, you know, I'm obviously not going to treat a copywriter as an as a uh, as an engineer because they're not engineers. So I'm not going to give a copywriter an engineering job that you, you you don't do that, but they're all humans. They all should be treated the same if they have special needs for whatever reason, whether it's a disability, ADA or otherwise. Accommodate. And I could be wrong here, but I don't see a reason to treat anybody differently unless they, for some reason, ask to be. Could I be wrong?
1: I feel like inherently everyone will be treated differently. And that is where the importance of company culture really comes in. And that's also where we can revisit the conversation of startup versus established company, right? Sure. Because a lot of startups establish this beautiful, diverse culture, very organically. And a lot of times it's based on who the founders are and where they're located. And You know, if you're in an area that has a very diverse population, that will inherently lead to your having a diverse workforce. And so it's very, very easy to assume at that point that you are a company that embraces DEI, that embraces embraces diversity as a foundational principle, and then and this is dangerous doesn't question it because you see this organic diversity and that it is such a beautiful thing. And it, it is undervalued, right? Like yep. it is um, not something that enough companies pay attention to, but what we're talking about with development is intentionality. And that's where I come in. That's where I come in with the work I've been building on at Women in 3D Printing and with the work that I built on at Nexa 3D and that I've been building on with client work through Additive Integrity, my LLC, and um, where I'm focusing on as an industry leader um, is intentionality in in culture and it's not enough to be organic no anymore um, once you get past that foundational phase once you start hiring out outside yourself that's when those hires are intentional right um, because even if you're saying, like, it's about the skills, not the person, it's about the talent, not the person, it's about this, not their background, not that, not to that, not to that. Um, at some point, you need to step back and say, who is at this table, who is not at this table? And then step back from that managerial table from that managerial standpoint and say like, whose voices do we hear as a company, as a team? Whose voices come across to those of us who make decisions? Um, If our diversity in our workforce is on only the team's packaging or unpacking or dealing with supply chain or logistics, only the people dealing with our shippers, only this or only that, or anywhere that you can put an only, it's not intentional. When you can take a look at that table and say who, whose voice isn't here, who's in our society, whose voice is huge in our society, whose voice is present in our society, that is not represented at this table. When you look at your company as microcosm, excuse me. Thank you. When you say who is at, if if you see- One more. You you gotta go
0: for the three now, you gotta go for the
1: three. It's gonna happen, I'm allergic to outside. Same. All of the trees and grasses and pollens. Uh, It hurts. Outside hurts me. I want to love it. I want to love you outside. Why must you hurt me? It does, it hurts. Um but when you look at that table, and when you look at the world, and when you say, How does our table, how does this conversation look different? (laughs) Thank you for saying Blossy in the chat. hiring is hard. Like I want to come at it from this like empathetic, difficult place of like, these voices aren't heard, bring them to the table. And I have seen it from the hiring table, right? I've seen it from making the LinkedIn post. I've seen it from opening a job and opening a job description and interviewing more than two dozen people for a single role out of more than 200 applicants. I've seen it. I've seen it from managing freelancers. I've seen it from managing full-time writers. I've seen it from opening a job and bringing people on to more of a company than media perspective. And like, there are a lot of places I've seen it. Um, and from that, um, that that overarching empathetic and, and, um, What's the word I'm looking for? That idealistic point of view, okay. I guess. Um, you always want to be able to say whose voice is missing, right? Whose voices do we have and whose voice is missing? And you want to hire for the talent. You need the talent. Like, you need the people who are qualified for the job. No one is ever saying, like, and I want to be so clear, like, I'm pointing to you, camera. I want to be so, so clear when we talk about DEI, when we talk about diversity, equity, and inclusion, when we talk about hiring diverse voices. Well, you're
0: just a diversity hire. Yep. Oh that, that is what I want to address. Do, 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 I, I knew where you were going. I, I just got the train there. Um do we want to talk about the one that we just we dealt do we, we do. Okay.
1: Let, let, we, do we do. Okay.
0: Let's let's do it. We do. Because I'm sure we're both talking about the same one, right?
1: I think we are. Okay. Um, but I'm gonna I'm gonna start us a step back from the one I know you and I are on the same wavelength on right now. Um so where I want to start us is two years ago united the uh the flight yeah, the,
0: the <laughs> flight airline company
1: that, the airline yeah yeah this really large airline and it is it is the company I fly through cleveland's a hub for united um I'm gold on united at used to be plan them but then there was like a child and a pandemic and I lost my status. I'm going to use stupid quotes around all of these because <laughs> I'm still salty about it. Um, but like United, mm-hmm. right, had a post on Twitter two years ago, give it a try, um, about how they were increasing diversity hires in their pilot training program. We, googly moogly, the backlash, it was terrible. If you want um, to get really angry on either side, I guess, Um, if you want to get really angry, look at United's posts about diversifying their pilot workforce, like a year or two ago. Um, Oh, wait, go ahead.
0: Okay, Let see if I can quickly find it. Yeah, like
1: no one's doing it. Um, but the backlash was significant with all these people saying like, oh, you would wait and hire diversity hires of qualified pilots. Blah, 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 blah. Like literally at no point did anyone say like, we want pilots who are black versus pilots who are qualified. Like for fuck's sake for fuck's sake we're not
0: there i got it i'm putting it in the chat uh it's a washington post article so take that with a grain of salt but that's what i quickly found and there's the there's the twitter post okay um, yeah, yeah, uh, as expected the twitter post is in there too so thank go you. go read through the comments um, at your own risk
1: <laughs> like it's just a mess and like at no point did anyone say did anyone from you from United said, did anyone from their talent pool say, did anyone from anywhere actually affiliated with this job search say, you will get a job because you are Black. You will get a job because you are a person of color. No, like, you will get a job because you're a qualified pilot. And we're aware of the lackings in terms of demographics of our pilot
0: they know the statistics they don't have to lie about it right
1: like they have all those and um if you think one of the largest (laughs) u.s airline carriers is about to hire hire a bunch of unqualified pilots
0: because they fit a quota
1: you like that's on you
0: yeah yeah, yeah, that that, that like says it. it says more about the people commenting than anything else. Like, I I I'm reading through that Twitter post. And I said I think it's this rough. came from yeah, a an, an area rough. of 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 good thought, but relatively poor execution. They, they it's, they're it's
1: rough. It's really genuinely rough. And mm-hmm. it's like at no point did anyone say like these pilots won't be qualified. Like we want to hire people of color, not qualified, no, they want to hire qualified pilots and recognize the value of having qualified pilots from different backgrounds. And I saw this week, you know, a post um, from an airline that had the first, um, the first <laughs> like this flight that was only African American female crew every step of the flight from flight crew to pilot to my dog's barking at my door again
0: i can't even hear it
1: i can't it won't stop sometimes um and that's just i'm not gonna say it because i really don't need that on record but i'm gonna let devil and the yes here in again okay But it's ridiculous that people think that makes people unqualified. I agree. A, A company like United that is hiring pilots, do you know what the biggest thing in hiring a pilot is? It's that they will be a good pilot. It's that there will be a pilot who will go from takeoff to flight to landing and keep everyone alive. They're all qualified pilots. And my dog is back in the yes, gear. Hello dog. Is being the tartan cloud. So he is, is so happy to be a dog.
0: <laughs> Duff is saying that, you know, he makes a job posting and picks the best candidate that applied. There there can be something there as well. And you, you described this to me and you talked about, I said, Oh shit. Um, that the job postings can sometimes be, you know, somewhat or deliberately in some cases positioned toward certain, uh, genders, races, identities, whatever it might be. It might be positioned to say, This is really what we're looking for, but we ain't going to say it, whether it's intentional or otherwise. And I've kind of thought the same way. Like, I don't particularly care who you are. I just care that you're qualified to do the job. And I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't care how you identify. I don't. Quite frankly, I may not ever even see your face. I don't care. I just want to know that you can do the job. (laughs) Um, The biggest thing. There
1: is, uh, it's such a fraught topic, and I think we all know that at this point, Um, but one of the things we're working on, especially at Women in 3D Printing DEI, is how to create job postings that are free of unconscious bias, and if not free of, then aware of, because honest to goodness, like it has to be one of those two things. Like it has to either release any sense of unconscious bias or acknowledge it and release it. Um, Because otherwise it, it will always be implicit. So many job descriptions say, this role is of a 3D printing practitioner his daily job duties will include that he often responds to and does this. And then he will. But if you glance at it, the thing that sticks out is the pronoun he, because they have to be a guy. And that makes me feel. Um, and especially like if you, if you double down, like you don't want to waste your time. If you double down at me personally, like, I don't want to, like, like I, I'm not going to apply to those because, like, I'm not a he who will execute that. Mm-hmm. Um, And my current underpinning for a role is at least 70, $72 an hour. You know, like, that's, so, like, that's what I personally am looking for. Um at a minimum and so when you're listing this $20 an hour job and saying like he will do this and he will do this and he will do this like I as a student of literature I understand I understand that he and he him are the default pronouns in English literature and especially U.S. vernacular. I absolutely understand that but like now if you look at woke Twitter and oh it pains me to say woke Twitter there are all these people like Oh my gosh! Right? People are saying, like, look like, at yeah, what people say about the monster Frankenstein and how it was misunderstood. Like, and yes, that was literally the point of Frankenstein and Frankenstein's monster. Um, like it, it, it gets touchy, right? It gets, it gets touchy
0: um also just just way. put a good one in there i went for a university tour in an engineering department and the guy spent the whole time talking to my boyfriend at the time who was in no way wanted to go to the university um that then that sucks right i hope <laughs> i've never done that <laughs> but i can't say i never have right I, I can't validly say I've never done something like that. I have made an I make an ass out of myself at least twice a week because I make <laughs> videos. Um, you know, but I think we've all made those mistakes. And I guess owning up to them, kind of understanding them, and then being able to say, okay, if we understand that we've done it, we can look at solving it in the future. But if we don't understand that it occurs outside of somebody calling it out which okay, it
1: it is that understanding it special without calling out because like i see allison's point like when i when i bought my car um previously like uh my my 2009 it's a 2009 ford fusion and I bought it in 2008 when, like, 2009 was like, whoa, 2009 car, whoa. Um, my dad co-signed that night with me, you know, like, and I still have that car. And now that car is my husband's car. And I have the 2015 model um, that is only my name on the uh, license for the car and all of that. Um, I don't know. Like it, it, it's so hard to be like Ugh, these things, and like
0: it can be tough.
1: I, I want to have somewhere to go with this. My, I, I, I do. I don't like. It's frustrating. It's so frustrating. So, like, can you riff on this? Can you just riff on this while I like take a moment?
0: Sure. Yeah. I it. I mean it. It is a little bit tougher for me to riff on this kind of stuff because I am quite literally a white dude. So, you know, there 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 does of course become a problem involved in that. But it is something that's come to me more as I'm looking at building the team and. Kind of understand that, all right, when we talk about what are the day-to-day practices that need to be done, I don't tell it like a story. I just list it. Straight up bullet point lists. I, I do my best to not talk about he, she, they, them, or anything in between. I try to make it simple because I don't want to add a bunch of fluff. I include that it is full remote and we communicate via Discord. And we have staff members as young as fourteen, and old. That's in the UK. That's our guy in the UK. Crazy brilliant kid. Um, then we have an, an an older gentleman. I have no idea how old he is. He does not know how to use Discord, so he just emails me. Uh, who is a phenomenal CAD designer. Um, he's got to be in his at least in his early sixties, early to late sixties. I don't age is not that big of a deal, but I'll tell you, my dad, who 64, yep, 64, just started a new job in January, and he was afraid to leave his old job because he's like, I'm 64. Everyone's expecting me to retire in a year. Who the hell wants to hire me? Um, So that that has been that was something that he dealt with. But now he's got a really great job and he loves it. You cut your camera, by the way. I know. Okay. You all right? Yeah, just give you a No, you're good. It's obviously an emotional thing, right? And as a as a white guy that's never needed to consider it in my life, I think that it's something I've been privileged to have, and it's nothing I've ever considered when I've been building a team. That's why I wanted to have this conversation because. It's a tough one because it's awkward as hell for me because I don't know if if what I'm going to say is going to be good or bad or if I'm going to obviously show that I'm part of the problem or obviously show that I'm not because I legitimately don't freaking know. I think a lot of people sit there and kind of agree. Now, I'm similar to Build On Sound uh, where they said earlier that they don't particularly care just... Don't make it anybody. Don't make it a problem for anybody else. We're cool, right? If you want to change your gender while working with us, if you want to change your identity while working with us, let me know. Let the staff know in the way that you want to let them know. Or don't. Honestly, if you don't communicate with them, you don't got to let them know if you don't want to. Whatever makes you comfortable. Um, ultimately, for me, it's what makes people comfortable. That's what I care most about. Because I want to have a team that, looks at me i've legitimately had a staff member tell me this grant how can i help you grow this business so you can make me an offer so i can quit my day job and come work for you full time and that makes me feel really good as a manager but that also worries the hell out of me that someone's going to come and offer much more money than i ever could and take them away um, it, so i don't know if that's a proud you know proud papa moment if you will uh or if that's me just saying, I've just made a place where they feel comfortable. I, I honestly don't know. Um, Alice says, "I guess it's stereotypical jobs that we have problems with." For example, male nurses are traditionally less common, but they are no less able. This is true. Um, I'm Alice says that she's 44, and even though she may have her masters in material sciences and engineering. She can't get into it because no one would ever give her a chance to get the experience. Um, That is totally fair. And that sucks. And I don't understand why it's like that. I don't give a damn what people's age are. I just want to help them. A good manager to me is someone that says, I want to help you get from where you are to where you want to be. And if that where you want to be is a partner in this business helping me trudge through the mud every day and we're pulling the the, the cart together. Or this is a stepping stone for you. Maybe it's a summer internship. Like we had a summer intern from Ringling who, um, they're back in school. Maybe they'll come back in the next summer. I don't know, but they certainly had a ton of fun working on some crazy products for some really cool clients. Um, And that was a stepping stone. We knew it was a stepping stone from the beginning. So we set it up like that. How can I help you look the best? And we had a meeting with one of the largest companies in Florida. And I said, hey, by the way, this person is an intern. If you like the way and the work that they do, consider reaching out to me or them and we can set up an interview because they're going to be looking for full-time work and quite frankly I can't afford them when they do graduate college they're going to graduate from ringling with a with a visual uh, like a like a visual arts effects degree uh I cannot hire someone that does that it is way too above my pay grade to be able to do that but this company absolutely could and they seemed interested that's my job as a manager is to help people get into that next step i think um and i think it's sad that Allison has gone through that because Allison, if I had a place for you, we've talked before. I would hire the hell out of you. Because you are crazy qualified. And unfortunately, it is old school companies that don't give people the time of day. Um, Bill on Sound says, Grant, how can I help you as well in the same way to get a job that makes me happy? You know the big deal with finding a job that makes you happy is finding someone that you can relate to, in my opinion. Again... The expert is taking a, a minute. So this this is me back solo mode here. Um, to me, it's about being comfortable, right? I need people to be honest, open, and real with my team. I've had some personal things go on, which I do not want to discuss. Um, the team know that something has been going on. They know that I'm going to need some time, and they know that I'm going to be less active in my Grants Rants channel. They're aware of all of this. And I said, if, if you guys... You know, if you, if you care to reach out, that's fine. If you don't, it's totally fine as well. I am not asking people to reach out. I am just alerting you to what is, you know, going on. And quite a few of them reached out. And I said, you know, okay. some of them know, some of them don't. Um, and that to me was just a way of really kind of letting them know, hey, things aren't going okay. But that's also okay. It's okay to need help. It's okay to ask for it. And if it's personal... You don't have to talk about it, but know that it's okay to ask for help. For me, it's finding someone that understands that, that I would want to work for. When I took my day job in 2019, the one that ultimately is where I got hurt and injured, I did that because I felt comfortable with the people that I worked with, the people that were there, I interviewed, I talked with, and it was kind of a dream job for me as well, honestly. Um... Now, oh, unfortunately, things didn't go as planned, but, you know, unplanned, uh, unplanned disassembly does occur from time to time. Um, let's see. Allison says she's just about to start a job as a trainee in a different field altogether. I hope it's still one that you're going to enjoy. Right. That's a big thing. You doing all right? Sarah? Just want to make sure. Um, I, I know it's a tough subject to talk about. I know. Um, so, what are your thoughts on some of the, because I, I know you can hear me. Um, so, what are your thoughts on what I've been saying? Uh,
1: this is such, <laughs> there's such big topics, right? And, I feel like the difficulty is this like everyone feels like this eh, there's this disconnect, right? Just, Just go for it. Run. You got this. Everyone feels like there's this disconnect, right? Between employer and employee and like, is it employer and employee or employer and employee or like where do they meet? Right? And everything that you've been doing and everything that everyone in AM has been doing. Um, where does it equalize? Right? Um, where does this um where does this moment equalize? Between talent and talent seeker? Is 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 that the right phrase? Is that the right moment? Seems like it to me. <laughs> so there's this there's this moment of like we need uh, because like like what's so frustrating what's so frustrating to me is that it's not employer and employee it's not boss and employee it's not this and this it's not this and this it's not like
0: this is why you like startups bigger than big businesses
1: it's solution seeker and solution provider right and so much of what we as additive manufacturing, so advanced manufacturing are going for is, is, so. it's not even solutions neater. Like it's not that linear, but it's, That the fact of so many people who need these solutions and so many who would benefit from these solutions are so risk-averse, right? Like, it's that so many of these companies are so risk-averse. So many conventional... engineering companies. So many solutions providers and service providers and final solutions companies. Like so many Lego and like, like I shouldn't even be naming the end users. Like so many of these companies that have these advanced engineering groups, like they are risk-averse because they're engineering-first, right? Um, They need to discover the highlights and the ROI and the benefit and, the impact that it makes on their sales to integrate additive manufacturing, to integrate advanced manufacturing, to integrate any non traditional manufacturing technology.
0: Uh, like, uh,
1: it's so frustrating because so many of these, like, I literally, I deal with this.
0: It's why I don't bother going to manufacturing facilities anymore. The amount of times I've been cussed at and called a communist when calling, you know, CNC milling shops, talking to them about how I can save them money and be able to reduce the the strain on their workforce. And then they yell at me, call me a communist and some political slurs before they hang up the phone is why I've just written off that entire market because it's just not something I want to deal with um, now i I'm in a port city so that should be very port cities traditionally have more manufacturing than most because the the companies support the ships um and that is that is toxic in general and as a business owner they should be my best customers I cNC milling shops should be my absolute best customers but they're not and I've given up. I have one that I love to work with, and he is one of my favorite customers. Um, and I talk publicly about him. His name is Mike, Spectre of Customals and Manufacturing. Um, the guy is so open to just being real with people. He, you know, he and I talk. He calls me darling. Um, that's the relationship that we have every time I call him, hello, darling. Uh, and we, we laugh and I don't know why that ever started, but it is. And it's just the thing that, that we have. And, um, you know, recently we helped him finish a project and he was incredibly thankful. And that's like, he said, he said, you know, I, I understood what 3d printing could do, but dude, this is amazing. Additive manufacturing is going to really change the way we look at this stuff he said, I think I might be looking at machines. I said, Mike, what you should do is you should look at machines and put them in my shop, and I run them for you. Because then you don't have to hire someone to do it. And then when your machines aren't busy, I get to use them. It's a win-win for all parties involved. Um, he seems to get it, I guess. But I don't know much about his workforce. When I first met Mike, it was him and his son, and they had a... A woman and her daughter. I don't know if they're still with the company. I just call him directly because it's easier. <laughs> um, but yeah, it is. The level that we have in the industry right now of companies that are unwilling. It's very upsetting. Unwilling to look at what is the future? What is the current, the present and what things will look like. It's really tough. Um, I don't know. You doing all right, Sarah? Let's see. People don't want to change, even if it's an improvement or in this case, companies. Well, as Sarah was saying, it's about risk aversion. They believe if they stick to what they know, what they're used to, that they'll continue on that path. And if all they want is a 200, 300, 400, whatever amount of company they're at and they have no desire to grow, great, go ahead, do it, don't care. But if you want to grow your company, if you want to grow your team, if you want to work in a direction that is an overall goal for all parties involved, then you need to be considering what is the reality of our situation. Biases exist. Team building is complicated. And nobody is going to make it easy for you. Now, if you do want help with it, of course, as you all know, Sarah is available for work. Sarah3dp at gmail.com. And that is Sarah with an H. Um, I think we're going to wrap it up here. (laughs) <laughs> build on says, does he have a hello my darling as his ringtone for you I have no clue but it'd be hilarious if he did um, fix him dude says it's great to find long term working relationships I totally agree um, long term relationships to me are what build a team if people are only using you as a stepping stone then you should look at why why are people leading why is your turnover so high And outside of summer interns, the last time we had a staff member leave was because Sony poached them from us and offered about five times what we were paying. And at that price discrepancy, I'm not even going to make an offer. I have done exactly what I needed to do as a manager for them. I got them through a time when they needed it, and I got them on to a better company where I believe they are still working with Sony as a director of community development. They were our director of community development for, uh, like six months. Um, and absolutely phenomenal what they did. Um, and I'm still salty about, uh, about Sony taking them because I was so excited to finally have a, a community director, but damn, that that's gotta be pretty cool, right? That's gotta be pretty cool. Um, Let's see, we have some other comments. Duff says, when I was in IT, both my supervisors were female, and they killed it. One of them did have to bark to get respect from the guys. This is in the rail industry, so lots of old school there. (sighs) Yeah. I hate to say that that's expected. Because it shouldn't be. But it is. And I know that I'm part of the problem. I'm part of the problem of I don't... I know there are biases that exist. I just don't understand them. That's why I've wanted to have a talk. I wanted to have a specific DEI podcast for a long time, uh, specifically with Sarah and SJ. Those have been... like because Maybe if I can get Alex, I have the, the friggin' trio. But then it's like, I'm just going to turn off my camera, mute myself, and let them go because ultimately they know so much more about this. And I am... I'm the one who should be in the audience listening because I want to do better and do what I can. One day, I have to be brave enough to do it. I think that's that's the tough thing because I know that's a difficult conversation. That is not what I'm gonna feel very comfortable with, but that's okay, right?
1: Yeah. All of it's okay, you know. As long as we keep listening to each other and learning and growing, and uh, like that is what's okay. And oh gosh, I've got a screaming toddler upstairs now, and all of this and that, like. As long as we keep hearing each other, you know, we we know what's happening. We know each other's weird little worlds, and how we can how we can make them weird big worlds, right? <laughs> and isn't that like what we're looking
0: build there should always be some level of i don't know if, if discomfort is the right word but challenging the norm i mean that's what that's literally what additive does it challenges the norm of traditional manufacturing so why shouldn't we also challenge the traditions of hiring, the traditions of staffing, the traditions of doing things a certain way. I mean, you know, you, you had mentioned earlier about, you know, boss versus employees. Um, I tell the team constantly, there is only one time that I will, you know, be the boss. It's when I know I'm right. And I'll play my card and say, I'm the boss. I know I'm right. I've done this before. I, I There are times where I have made that call. But there are times where very clearly they made a phenomenal saying, you know, why don't we do it this way? I'm like, look at it and said, oh, shit, that is a really good way. Let's do it. Let's try it. And and this is assuming we have enough time if we do screw up to go back and do it my way just in case. Right. Or I say, all right, you know what? Let's do it this way. I'm going to have a team. You guys figure out a leader for your side. You have a team. Let's do it both ways and let's see what outcomes that we get. Um we do this a lot with editing uh for our YouTube videos. There I don't cuz I don't know shit about it. So I have, you know, pre-existing uh ideas and um our editor is so freaking excited every time that he finds a new way to do something, and he just has to tell me. It is one of the most exciting things in my day. When he comes and says, Grant, Grant, I found a way to make this faster. I said, okay, faster is fine, but is it consistent? And we found ways to make it consistent and faster, and that is less workload on him it means that I will give him a raise because there's a certain level that I want him to make per video minimum, but I don't want to set to like a dedicated amount per video because then on the really long videos you get screwed and on the short ones I get screwed. So I'd rather just be a per hour. Uh, so we have a per hour with a minimum. So there, if if a video takes him like 30 minutes to edit, he gets paid X amount. There is a, there's a, there's a, a, a low cap on what he can make. And that way I know that he can survive. And we did that because I said, you are going to find ways to make you more efficient. That should not mean that you're taking money away from yourself. That's not fair to you because that doesn't drive you to make those efficiencies. I want you to drive to make those efficiencies so you can make your job easier so that we can help you find other clients. Or we can make better content or different content or more content. I think he likes it. it seems to work out well. Um.
1: I feel like fighting that that middle ground, that way that works to everyone's advantage. Like that, that's what we need to be focused on, right?
0: I mean, famously for me, it was Discord versus Slack. I wanted Slack. I was hardcore for Slack for our communications. And literally the entire rest of the team said Discord. And I said, okay, okay. Set up a Discord server. And I said, I'll make it. I'll give you guys admin privileges. to Set it up. And when it's ready, I'll take a look at it. I looked at it and said, oh, damn, this is way better. I am so glad that we did this. And to this day, I am still so glad that we did this. Because Slack would have been mm-hmm. a disaster.
1: <laughs> I think, like, understanding the right tools for the right team at the right time, that is what equals growth. And as we talk about all these right time things, my dog is freaking out and my son is home from school. And Grant, I've got a button. Yep, you're good. <laughs> so as we keep looking at all these things, a lot of times that is looking at our office doors and I try to keep down the line, yes, you in my office, but... That
0: so. I want to thank you for coming out. This has been awesome. Um, these are some difficult conversations that need to be had and people need to hear them. So I'm glad that, um, you know, we can talk about it very openly and very frankly. And I hope that uh, anyone that looks at this in the future might be one that's looking to offer you a job and sees how real, how honest, how open, how willing you are. To look at change as not a problem, as a solution.
1: Definitely. And I welcome outreach at any time. I'm very easy to find. Sarah 3dp at gmail.com. Um at Sarah Gerke. Look for the spelling right here.
0: Um it's just your first name on their screen.
1: Yeah. But your your, um, your name is spelled correctly
0: in, in the title, so it's fine.
1: At Sir From the title on uh, LinkedIn, on Instagram, on Twitter, any of those things, I use Twitter and, and uh, LinkedIn the most on all of those, but uh, easily found at any point through Grant, through 3D Musketeers, through all of these things. And I'm going to run now because.
0: God, send help. Go ahead.
1: <laughs> but we'll be talking real soon, I'm sure. And please keep paying attention to the people of your workforce. And there are what help you grow. Awesome. So thanks, Grant. Thanks to everybody joining us. And I need to go make sure nothing's on fire now. So
0: go ahead. I'll finish up solo. Take care. <laughs> awesome. all right solo grant guys this is obviously a difficult conversation and that's totally fine Um, it's not meant to be easy it's not meant to be fun it's meant to be effective and um, team building is one of those that is complicated it is not as easy as people might think. And it's even harder to get people that are going to respect you and stay with you and not leave you in two years. Sarah is a wonderful person. I highly recommend that you all reach out to her um, via Twitter, uh, LinkedIn, or if you want, just email me and I'm happy to get you guys connected. Links to all that will be in the description down below. That's all we have for you all today. This was Season 2, Episode 51 of the Making Awesome Podcast about team building and quite a bit about DEI as well. So stay safe out there. Don't forget to call your loved ones. And as always, keep making awesome. Have a good one. Don't forget to like the stream. (laughs) See you later.